It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. If you want to get in touch with the show, if you have comments, questions, Anything about the Packers 29-29 tie against the Minnesota Vikings in Week 2, hit us up at the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775, and we can only start with the officiating in this football game. It was an absolute embarrassment by the NFL. The NFL should be embarrassed for what happened on Sunday and an unseasonably warm day at Lambeau Field. Now, we can we can talk all we want about player safety, and I like the fact that the NFL has taken the initiative to say we need to make this game safer or people are going to want to stop playing it. We can't have these guys getting hurt. We can't have quarterbacks getting hurt especially. They have done all they can to protect quarterbacks in this sport, and I understand that. I appreciate that. But with a minute 45 left and the Packers up eight on first down, Kirk Cousins heaves a pass down the right sideline. Jair Alexander makes an incredible play and it should have been ball game. It should have been game over. And instead, Clay Matthews gets called for a roughing the passer penalty. You go back to last week and Clay Matthews made the same play on fourth down against Mitch Trubisky, that was a reckless, stupid play and absolutely was a penalty. And Jair Alexander on fourth down makes the pass breakup to win the game in that moment, if not for the penalty. Here is, again, the Packers with Jair Alexander making the game-winning play and Clay Matthews gets called for a penalty, except that this time the penalty was garbage. It was horrid. And live, I thought, well, you can see him dip his shoulder, his head comes down, and then they showed it a couple more times. And he puts his arm down to brace for impact. He's got his arm around Cousins, his right right arm, but his left, the left side of his body, he purposely moves off to the side to avoid driving Kirk Cousins into the ground. And Kirk Cousins lands pretty softly. A lot of times these kinds of penalties are called simply because of aesthetics, simply because the play looks dangerous or looks violent. This was not violent or dangerous. I don't know what else Clay Matthews is supposed to do in that position. What is he supposed to do? And we saw the result of these penalties when Mike Daniels let Kirk Cousins go on a live play because he thought he'd thrown the ball. There is no question, absolutely no question in my mind that the reason Mike Daniels did that 
was because he didn't want to get flagged for a penalty on the on hitting the quarterback. There's no question. And there were a number of not just borderline calls, straight up garbage calls, bad calls. That offensive pass interference call on Devontae Adams, the Packers could have gone down and scored. It's a 40-yard penalty because Devontae Adams had a big play down the sideline and instead they have to punt the ball. On, on He didn't push off. He barely even touched Xavier Rhodes except he was so sudden in breaking back to the ball and Rhodes didn't react to the ball that it it might have looked from far away like he pushed off. But the replay shows very clearly it, there's no push off. He barely even, I mean, literally, this is, this is not homerism. This is not me trying to soften the blow here. Literally and objectively did not push off Xavier Rhodes. Did not push off. It is a bad call and, and a critical one over the course of the game. And then in the second half, there were dozens of times I'm not even hyperbolizing. Dozens of plays where the Packers' interior defense had gotten into the backfield. They're being clearly held, and there's no call. There was the throw on third and 15 after the Packers got the interception from Ha Clinton Dix. The play that looked like would seal the game. Where Rodgers throws into the corner of the end zone to Devontae Adams, who gets hugged at the top of his route by Xavier Rhodes again. Doesn't let Adams get his hands up to play the ball because he's grabbing him, no call. And Charles Davis, oh, I'm, I'm, it's just two guys pushing and shoving. Yeah, you know what two guys pushing and shoving is called? Defensive pass interference, Charles. That is what the rule is there for. Devontae Adams wasn't pushing and shoving. He was trying to get Xavier Rhodes off his body because he was being held. That kind of contact down the field has a name in the NFL. You know what it is? Defensive pass interference. And I don't like to be the kind of person that watches these games and says, oh, well, the refs decided the outcome of this game, unless we're talking about the fail Mary or something like that, where very clearly the refs blew the literal game-deciding play, and if it's called correctly, the other team wins. I just, I don't like to do it, but that is basically what happened here with that Clay Matthews play. That Clay Matthews hit cannot be a penalty. It cannot if it is, just put flags on the QB because it's just, we can't, the game, you want to make it safer in order for the game to survive. I understand that. The game can't survive like this. That call cannot be made. It can't be made. And there were there were more than one calls like that that went the Vikings way that ultimately decided the outcome of this game and swung the outcome of this game. But none was more important than the actual and what would have been the literal game-winning play if Jair Alexander had been allowed to have that interception stand as it rightfully should have. The good news for gamblers is if you picked the Packers who were getting points at home from a lot of places, you would have won. And if you played at mybookie.ag, you could have been eligible to get free money when you made that first deposit. MyBookie.ag, they have live in-game betting, a rewarding player perk system. You could have used the fantasy over under this week on Kirk Cousins who went way over whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter what you said it. He hit the over. And when you go to MyBookie.ag today, they'll match your first deposit 
And if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on deposits over 100. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN25 to get that dollar-for-dollar deposit bonus plus the additional $25. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one to punch to keep your one to punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. This was one of those games that Green Bay couldn't afford to lose. And when you have a double-digit lead in the second half, when you allow seven points through three quarters and then give up 22 in the fourth, you don't deserve to win, number one, and the Packers didn't. But number two, that is not getting it done defensively. And, and there were a couple reasons for it. Number one, I have no idea why Devon House was out there when Kevin King got hurt. He gave up. The touchdown to Stephon Diggs that put the Vikings back in the game, basically. And it should have been Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson is a better cornerback. Now, Kentrell Bryce did not give proper safety help over the top. This was a recurring theme for the Packers over the course of the day. Haha, Clinton Dix nearly redeemed a terrible game with that tipped interception late in the fourth quarter, which Green Bay basically should have stomped the life out of the Vikings right then. They also had a penalty callback, a touchdown that would have not made it just a two-score game, but a two-touchdown game. And that is a critical, critical opportunity for Green Bay to close the game out, and they couldn't do it. And then there was this... The thing was, Mike Pettin admitted... It was a bad call because House wasn't on the field after that. It was Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson was playing ahead of Devon House. He was a cornerback playing in the slot and on the boundary ahead of Devon House. So why? I mean, there was some base personnel where it was just Williams and House. Why not have Jair Alexander out there? I just, I don't understand the thinking behind it. And I, I, I want to reserve judgment on Mike Patton because he's still figuring all of this out. He's still figuring out his personnel. I understand giving the veteran the opportunity, I guess. But that just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, you have to put your most talented players out there. And Jackson did give up um, a play to Adam Thielen on, the, on what could have been the game-winning drive for the Minnesota Vikings. 
Um, they were they were lucky in this game that the Vikings kicker situation is an absolute trash fire. I mean, it is a disaster. Now, Green Bay, and this is going to get lost in all of this. There was an article on the ringer.com about Rodgers and his relative lack of comebacks. Because after the, the, the last week, there were a lot of, oh, well, we knew this was going to happen. It felt inevitable, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, this article basically said, well, that's not true. Rodgers actually has below average um, rates of success in trying to come back. Now, there are myriad reasons for that. I pointed out on Twitter that he actually has better numbers than most of the guys ahead of him that have more wins or a better success rate. And this was the case. He drove the ball down the field with 30 seconds left, got them in a position to kick a 52-yard field goal. Mason Crosby makes it, the timeout to ice him, and then on the second time, he misses it. The game should have been over there. I mean, the Packers ended this game more than once and didn't. I mean, the game was over. And the game should have been over when your, your opponent has to score 22 in the second half to beat you. And it took an absolutely ridiculous Kirk Cousins throw to Adam Thielen to, to tie the game or at least put them in a position to tie the game. Kirk Cousins played probably his best game as a pro. And yet, if that Jair Alexander interception is allowed to stand, the Vikings lose. And they still didn't win. So if you take the best shot your opponent has and you, can, and you have an Aaron Rodgers not healthy, and we're going to spend more time talking about that injury later in the week. We knew he was going to play. I told you all week he was going to play. He's got a bone bruise, a deep bone bruise. There are conflicting reports about the ligaments. And so I don't want to speculate. But I do think that the conflict there is important. Rogers said when he came off the field that they had decided they couldn't do any more damage to it. Which to me says no ligament damage. And I, I actually I, I talked to some people with much more medical knowledge than I did, people who do this for a living. And they agreed that it would be strange to say you couldn't do any more damage if there was a ligament tear, um, unless it was fully torn. And it doesn't sound like that was what happened. It doesn't sound like there is a, a full MCL sprain, a, a full tear. If it, would, if it were just a partial tear, you could absolutely do more damage to it. So, And in fact, before the report came out that it was a deep bone bruise, I had that suggested to me that that could be what it was given the Adam Schefter report early on Sunday. So moving forward, you know, we, we don't really know what the status is, but Rodgers played well enough, even had the run where he took off. He made the plays that he needed to make for the most part. He made the throws that he needed to make. If Devontae Adams can hang on to that ball in the end zone, it's game over. If they call that pass interference, it's game over. I mean, there were a number of plays in this game that if they're made, Green Bay wins. There's really only one play that if Minnesota makes, they win. And that was the kick at the end of the game. So you look at it that way and you say, okay, the Packers with injury problems didn't lose to a Vikings team that played about as well as it could play and is pretty healthy, all things considered. No Pat Elf line, obviously. They do have some offensive line injuries. But defensively especially, this is as healthy as they can be. The Packers bottled up Dalvin Cook. They, they got beat by Kirk Cousins, who just played really, really well. I mean, this is the best Kirk Cousins has ever looked. It's the best game I think he's ever played. And he probably should have had three or four interceptions. I mean, really. And they should have lost. 
So I'm not necessarily trying to look for a silver lining in all of this. But the Packers made a lot of plays that are encouraging. There were one or two head-scratching decisions by the Packers and then a handful of of inexcusable calls by the league. I, I do not expect the league office to walk any of them back. They 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 occasionally say, yeah, we made the wrong call. They are generally speaking cowardly when it comes to doing the right thing. They will they will not walk these calls back. I promise you that. It did seem like there were a lot of Vikings fans at Lambeau Field on Sunday. And that means there were probably a lot of Minnesota fans using Vivid Seats to get their tickets. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to get to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section of the row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more to save you even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code Locked On for $20 off an order of $200 or more. Every purchase at Vivid Seats is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter the promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. The good news for Green Bay is accounts for a tie for the Vikings too. And they get Aaron Jones back for Washington. We don't know what the status is of Kevin King. He has a groin injury. Hopefully he can play this week for Washington. But Green Bay, I think, has to go with Jackson over House. They just House has to be a sub-sub package corner because he's just not good enough. That's the reason why they made all the changes that they have in the last two years to the cornerback group. But as I said, the good news is it's a tie for both teams. And that means Minnesota has this tie on their record when it comes to NFC seating, when it comes to NFC North standings. It's a tie. Now, you, you want to win at home because it's going to be much tougher to win in Minnesota. So this sets up an interesting issue for the Packers late in the year with Minnesota. In Minnesota is if Minnesota wins, then they are 1-0-1 against the Packers. And that matters in the, the playoff seating. It matters in the NFC North division crown. So Green Bay now has basically a half a game that it has to make up. You, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get that that full win better if you want to beat them and you lose in Minnesota because Minnesota would have the tiebreaker at home. 
Now, Green Bay, you assume Aaron Rodgers is going to get a little bit healthier. Aaron Jones is going to come back to make this offense more dynamic and more diverse. I don't understand why Ty Montgomery doesn't see more opportunities in the passing game because every time he makes one, something good happens. But this team can overcome a tie in week two. It just hurts that it was this home game and that Green Bay had this game won. They had this game won. Now, here's what they also know, however. They know that they can beat this team. They know that they can play better than this team. They did play better than this team, really for the whole game, and and really from start to finish. There was the slow end. It took some, some miracles. It took some bad calls for Minnesota to be in a position to win. And credit Minnesota. Credit especially Kirk Cousins for what he was able to do. Credit Adam Thielen for that incredible play. But Green Bay can play better. Can Minnesota? This Packers defense should get better. They stopped the run a lot better in week two. Playing against a better quarterback with better receivers, they struggled more against the pass. And part of that had to do with the inconsistencies of the Packers offense. Unable to move the ball and sustain drives. Unable to score touchdowns when they needed to. This offense is going to be a little bit limited with Aaron Rodgers also physically limited. And it sounds like he is not going to be 100% for a while. So they need to make some hay with this early season schedule before the bye week because after the bye week, they've got to go to LA, they've got to go to New England, they've got to go to Seattle, who on a short week, I know that Seattle doesn't look great, but on a short week, playing in a difficult place to play, that's going to be a tough game. So Green Bay has some opportunities to make this sting a little bit less, and it's a tie is better than a loss but obviously not as good as a win. And that's just the reality of the situation that they're in right now. And again, if Mason Crosby makes a field goal, we've seen him make in big moments before. None of this is even a discussion because the Packers win no harm, no foul. The the Packers are in good position. The Saints don't look very good. The Eagles don't look very good. I don't know if anyone in the NFC South looks very good. It looks like the two best teams in, in the conference are the Rams and the Vikings Packers. Right now they're tied because they literally just tied. And and Green Bay really should have won that game. I mean, it's it would not be crazy to say the Packers are the second best team in the NFC. Or can be. Because, look, the Saints were supposed to be ahead of them. They're clearly not. The Eagles are, are hardly awe-inspiring. I know Carson Wentz is supposed to come back in week three, but they just lost to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So the season is out there in front of them for the Packers. They can be a factor. They can still go and be a two or a three seed, maybe even a one seed. Who knows? This team has that kind of talent. They have that kind of potential. This defense should improve. The offense, once Rodgers gets a little bit healthier, should improve. The offensive line, they blocked terrifically in pass protection, gave Rodgers opportunities. This Vikings defense is is tough. Green Bay makes the key special teams play. There are things to build on. It's just week two. The final two teams last year, and I think it was actually the stat was the final four teams last year. In so the, the last two, the best two teams in each conference, none of them were two and zero after two weeks last year. So Green Bay is undefeated still, but they're one zero and one, and they have their season out in front of them. All right, rest of the week we've got Expert Tuesday, opponent Wednesday with Washington. We're gonna have the scouting report on Thursday, and then the injury report on. Friday. We'll catch up 
on your questions. There was a great question about the timeouts. I have thoughts on the timeouts. And we're going to talk about the timeouts because the timeouts bugged me so much. I got a I got a text on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline about it. And there will be a discussion about it. I promise you that. If you want to get in touch with us on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, we're at 920-341-3775. If you have a question you want answered right now, right this second, ask it on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski or at Lockdown Packers. All of the podcast content is at LockdownPackers.com. You can subscribe to the show. You can give us a rating. Help spread the word about the Locked On Packers podcast. We continue to grow. It is awesome to see that growth, that you are enjoying the show and you're telling people about it. I get so many messages. Hey, someone told me they liked this show. I didn't even have to tell them. Hey, I had a buddy from high school text me and say, I'm at this Packers party, by the way, in San Francisco. Say, you know what podcast I like? Locked On Packers. I love to hear that. So if you like the show, let someone in your life who is a Packers fan, know about this show, and let's spread the word. Let's broaden the tent, as they say. A full week to talk about the 1-0-1 Green Bay Packers as they face the Washington professional football team in week three. I understand it's not the outcome anyone wanted, at least the people listening to this show, but the season is still out there for the Packers, which means we're going to have a lot more to discuss. It's not time to punt just yet on this season. I know it was tough last year with Brett Hundley, but Rodgers is sticking it out. He is a gamer, and he's going to have an opportunity again next week to get the Packers a win. So in the meantime, you know what to do. Stay locked on, Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.